Today's guest is Alan Bradsky, youngest of 12 children and father of three who are now adult children. Let's catch a glimpse of what this was like about financial education traveling through their family. Alan, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So you have a very extensive career in the financial services. I do. But I want to know what put you in the path of financial services. Tell me about who were the influencers. Well, my biggest influence was my dad. Um, my dad always dabbled in Wall Street and, and the stock market, uh, you know, he used to call it back then. And he saw that I didn't have a, a lot of specific direction when I got out of, was getting ready to graduate college. I was an economics major. And I wanted to go into something in, in finance. I didn't quite know what uh, at 22 years old. And he sort of pushed me and said, I think this is something you would like and give it a try and let's see where it goes. So did your father also have a degree in financial um, and some kind of business or economics? No, my dad uh, never finished high school. So uh, he you know, was, was uh, uh, brought into the war, World War II is what he fought in. So uh, just before finishing high school. And, and uh, so his, he took a different direction. He took, he took the long way to financial <laughs> success, I'll call it. So, you know, he took the time to point you in a direction, and I'm just, as a mother of four, I'm thinking, mm -hmm. by the time you get to down to number 12, how much energy do you have left to point somebody in the right direction? So, you mm -hmm. know, major props to your parents for that. But yeah. um, why was he so in tune with that? You know, he didn't finish high school. Tell me a little, I've got to know more about him. Yeah, so he, <laughs> he people ask him, how did you do so well for somebody who had 12 children? And, and he, his answer would be, well, I had one child and I, I had made a little money and I had two children and I had made a little more money. <laughs> and I was kind of, he didn't, I don't think he quite knew exactly. He just knew he took the, uh, I will, I will get there in time and just keep plugging away uh, at the little things that I think bring you financial success, which is really time investing um, and being careful with your money. And, and they were always, my parents were always obviously very careful having come from nothing. They grew up during the depression era. Uh, their parents went and stood on the soup lines, uh, the you know, infamous soup lines of the late 20s and to waiting for soup for them to bring home to the family. So um, once my dad got back from the war, uh, it was, they went and, and were living in a boarding house and that was very common. A boarding house, you didn't have a bathroom in your house, you had a bathroom down the hallway. That's how it worked. And once they started having children, my sisters and in this case my brother, um, they eventually moved into a home and uh, at that time, built brand new, which obviously cost very little uh, back in the mid early 50s. Um, but that was like Shangri-La to them. Uh, having a three bedroom, two bath house that was 1,200 square feet was wow. For was, how many kids at this point? I think at that point they had four. If, I, if I'm if, you in know, a three bedroom. In a three bedroom, but that was again. They, my mother used to say this was like wow. I just moved into a, you know, Hollywood. You know, she used to just joke around about it. I'm like really. So well, compared to what you had, everything was a step up. So little by little, and, and her and my dad really, I think she's instrumental in it as well because she was right there in step with him to say I'll do whatever we need to do. Watch money, be careful, not spend too much, and also help her help him in the businesses. He was an entrepreneur. So. Businesses. Okay, so now you've mentioned two things that I feel like we need to unpack. Uh, you you mentioned he invested, mm -hmm. and now you say businesses multiple. And I do appreciate so much when I see couples working together. So yep. very impressive that your mother was 
um, able, and he also had the respect for her that they could work alongside each other. Yeah. So tell me, what did he invest in, or what were these businesses that he, he did? Uh, he started out in, and I believe the first business he had was a chicken business, believe it or not. Chicken. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, takeout chicken business. Um, he moved very quickly and, and into uh, owning a liquor store, which was attached to a supermarket, which he also purchased um, later on. That was years down, a few years down the road. And I still have the original documents, I think, from or the original advertisement when he opened up the liquor store. It was open seven days a week from uh, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. And I said, how did you work all these hours? Well, he's, you know, your mom worked some hours, I worked some hours. We kind of flip-flopped, did whatever we had to do. and With 12 kids. With, well, we weren't 12 kids yet. Uh, you know, so we got, when I was born in 1968, and uh, then they had, they purchased the supermarket a few months after I was born. And then there's an advertisement on the, on the front page, or that wasn't the front page of the paper, but it says, Gratsky buy a supermarket to feed family. <laughs> and, uh, so... I love and it, that headline. And, and I mean, obviously, they made it, you know, a little tongue-in-cheek, but they, they, they did so to, you know, to say, hey, you know, I mean, it wasn't as uncommon as it sounds. I mean, yes, 12 kids is uncommon, but uh, our neighbors had five kids. Some, one of our other neighbors had 10. I mean, they were just down the block. I mean, I was like, God. and so I grew up thinking this was normal. I was the 12th child, so I grew up, and there was just a lot of people in my house all I the time. I guess this is how it is. Yeah, and so, you know, it was, it was you know, organized chaos, I call it, you know, and, and you know, it wasn't that organized, but we did our best. And, and uh, I used to think the house was so big and looking back and I, I drive past it sometimes, it was not big. <laughs> so how we did it, I don't know. And I guess it's just a different era when you can appreciate what you have when you had nothing before. Mm -hmm. so. Well, I can imagine he wasn't somebody who just put money under the mattress then. And did yeah, he, he put a lot of yeah. money away yeah. at a bank, a physical, a physically put it away yeah. as opposed yes. to keeping it on the mattress? When he, when he started, the, and I believe it was when he first opened the liquor store, and I guess he had had some money saved, and um, his accountant actually came to him and said, hey, they're looking for investors in a local community bank that they want to start up. Um, would you be willing to invest? They want, they're looking for a $25,000 investment. In 1955, that was a lot of money. Um, so he, and he said he talked it over with my mom, and, and when, the, when the accountant came back a few days later, he said, you know, what do you think? Are you interested? He said, I'd like to invest 50000 but I want to be on the board of directors. And yes. at that time, you know, obviously now that doesn't work that way. You get voted in, and you know, it goes through a big, long process. And he's like, I'll ask him. It can't hurt. You know, and he came back a week later or some, whatever it was and said, okay, you're in. But what gumption? I mean, who thinks yeah. like that? <laughs> who thinks like he that? He figured, what do I have to lose? I mean, you're asking me for what would, at that time was probably, he didn't say it was all of what he had, but it was a lot of money he had saved over the years, you know, since coming out of the war. And uh, um, he didn't feel like he should sell himself short. He's like, I just took a chance. He's like, back then, you know, you, you didn't, you had to take a chance. He's like, you didn't want to, you know, he just, it felt right. It was his community bank. They were looking to just, it was actually an actual branch right nearby. Um, they weren't going to pay him. They were just going to simply put him on the board of directors and pay him in stock. And so he would get paid, I, guess, I think it was annually he got paid in a, in a sort of a stock. Oh, but that was so instinctive of him. I mean, let's remind everyone, mm -hmm. he didn't even finish high school. So where yeah. did he get this financial uh, acuteness to yeah. you know all the decisions that he could possibly make? Where did it come from? Um, so, do you know? I, I would say it was it was just uh, it, it was just his nature. I mean, as a person, the way he you know would tell us he was very big on save, 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 
And I think as he got older, I saw that evolve into, you know, save, but you, st you still got to enjoy your life. And he backed off that idea a little bit, but back in the 40s, you know, you had to save. You, you know, everybody w used to say everybody was poor. It was no who's, who's got the money, who doesn't. It was pretty much 95% of people were in the same boat. So you had to go off in a different direction at some point. Uh, nothing like it is today, I think. So you know, your, your parents house. worked you know, hours, I mean, most of the hours of the daylight, yeah, yeah. probably well into the night and the early mornings. They also had eventually 12 children yeah. and were still carrying this on. Do you feel like they enjoyed their life? It, 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 yes. Uh, it, you know, I used to say to my parents, especially when they retired, I was only, uh, when they retired, I was, um, I was young still. I was you know, out of college, just, just getting out of college. We used to say, you know, you guys have the money now. You've saved all your lives. Go enjoy. Like, we do enjoy. We have a little condo in Florida. I think they paid $20,000 for it. <laughs> I mean, like, they could have bought a bigger one. Like, why? why? That's all we need. We're happy. This, we never had a condo. Nobody had a condo. I mean, back in our day, you know, he's like, when we were young, we never even thought that was possible. We didn't know it existed. So I think that's where the appreciation that they, you know, really enjoyed. And, and my mother used to say, you know, you're, you're probably not going to need quite as much money in retirement as you think you're going to need. Um, because once you've got a chance to do certain things and, you know, you, you, you get to a place where you're just happy, number one, to be healthy and alive, you know, as you grow into your older retirement, um, but also just you've already experienced a lot of things just through the course of your lifetime. They took us, we used to go to Disney, you know, once in a, I think we went there when Disney World first opened in Florida in 1973. I remember I have pictures of me on a little, the little buggies <laughs> and I, I said, didn't they just they just opened that that year. Was there a inaugural year, inaugural year for the actual park? Um, so it was a big deal, you know. But we drove. <laughs> we drove in a station wagon. I think it was like seven of us that drove down with my parents. I don't know how you did this. The twenty-hour drive from New Jersey to Florida, and that was like that was common. You didn't you couldn't afford to get on a plane. We could have, but we weren't going to do it. We were going to save the money and. So we had money for the parks, and back then it was a little more reasonable, I think. Well, and that's really interesting, you know, taking the time to be frugal in certain areas, but splurging in others. Yeah. Do you share the same perspective of money that your parents had? I think I do. Um, I, I've learned, you know, I mean, I drive a very inexpensive car, but I, you know, also like to play golf a lot, which is not a cheap sport, and it's something that I just love for the love of the game. and and the camaraderie and the social aspect of the game, which is a big part of it. Um, so I'm willing to, uh, you know, I'm willing to spend money on the things I really love. And I have no problem, you know, driving a car that people would be like, you could, why don't you get something nice? This is fine. It, it's, you know, it's, it's great. So I, I think I did learn to appreciate the things that I really love. And I, I hate when I spend money on something and I'm like, oh gosh, you know, I wish I hadn't spent that money. I just, that's, it's, you know, buyer's remorse I'm having. So yeah. on occasion you have that. What are the things that your parents taught you that you've now passed down to your children? Ooh, wait, let me make this better. That stuck. <laughs> so things that your parents taught you that you passed down to your children and it stuck with them. I think uh, the, the one thing that they, they really pushed was, you know, try to find something you at least enjoy doing because you're going to be doing it your whole life. But try to make money because you're not going to be happy if you're always, you know, struggling with money mm. or you're always trying, you know, because, you know, inflation doesn't stop, doesn't stop going. Uh, the cost of, you know, everything, houses and, and everything in society doesn't doesn't go lower. It goes higher. So if you're if you're not making enough money or you're not able to at least get there at some point, whether it takes you years to get there or not, you're not going to be happy. And um, 
that was something I've always told my children as well. I'm like, I want you to be happy. I want you to find that, you know, something that you really at least have some passion toward. Um, and I think the money will eventually come. I know we hear that a lot, but um, it does. I think it did for me. It took a long time. Um, I could have went a couple different routes in, in financial services, and and I took a, maybe a little longer, maybe a little more conservative way, but I was still happy with what I did. So I felt it worked. And um, you know, my kids are young adults, but they're they're working their way toward that. So, what were money conversations like at home for you with your kids? Um, you know, when they were younger, I, I wouldn't say I had direct money conversations. Maybe it was more about, uh, you know, what money could do for you and what was mm. really important. You know, we, we grew up in an area where there were pretty expensive homes. And um, I used to say to them, you know, don't worry about what the neighbor has. I mean, we can't, you, you can't, you can't think about that. And one day, even if you can't live in a bigger home or whatever, as long as you're, you're safe, you're happy, um, you're around people you want to be with and you're good. I, you know, I, I didn't, I wouldn't directly uh, speak to, to money other than, you know, if something was just too ridiculously expensive or something just didn't make sense to purchase, I would say, you know, you really need that. And my kids were pretty reasonable. They were actually pretty easy kids growing up. Um, they weren't the, I want this and I want that. They didn't, they didn't do that very often, uh, which is why I think sometimes I felt the need to ask them because I think they felt like they were bothering me. Like, oh, dad, you know, is it okay if we get this? Or, you know, they, that's the type of kids they were. So I, I think uh, I was lucky in that respect. That's part of their, just their personalities. Mm. You know, I think that the, the, the issue that we have with financial education um, mm. that I think needs to be highlighted yeah. is that we're looking at really a social justice issue because it's not about, you know, you mentioned about it's what money can do. Yeah. It's not about that everyone doesn't have access to the same amount of money. Yeah. What is, I think is really lacking, what seems to be lacking is the information. And so people don't have the information to make the right decisions. Two people could come over to America with the same amount of money. Yeah. One may become a multimillionaire and one may stay in poverty. Sure. And so, you know, what are some of the principles that you feel need to get highlighted? The information that we need to be pushing out. I mean, it sounds like not only do you have kids with um, very amicable personalities, but you were able to really guide them in how to think about money and what do you really want or what do you really need? Are there any other things that parents or even us that are in financial services could help highlight? You know, our top three things that we really think we need to put emphasis on yeah. for our children. Yeah, and I, I, well, I think one of the biggest things and I see what my father did that some of his peers did not was investing. You know, in his case, it was the stock market. It could have been uh, real estate, right? He did actually own some real estate that he purchased back in the day when it was very inexpensive to buy, let's say, a, a, you know, a fixer-upper type of home that you use for investment purposes. But I think you have to have some money to first invest, right? Whether it's in the stock market, whether it's to purchase a, a home even for investment purposes. Um, you can leverage, you can do that kind of thing. And that's what I've started to tell my kids as they've gotten older and they know they're getting near that cusp of one just finished college, one two are closer to finishing college where they'll eventually have some money to invest and they're thinking, they're already thinking like that. They're starting to understand. I can start speaking to them at a different level to say this is stuff that, yeah, you have to start thinking about once you start making some money. Um, you have to maybe take a chance, you know, maybe it's not going to be, it's going to be, a, you know, a, a well, uh, a well chosen chance. You're not going to just going to, you know, go make quick decisions, but 
Um, I think uh, what I saw, and I do know this from one of my uncles, he lived a much more um, conservative life because he didn't take those chances. And my parents used to say, you know, we tried to get, you know, uncle so-and-so to come in on this. And he just, no, I, you know, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to take that chance. Yeah. And it, it, it did leave him further and further behind as time went on. I was like, hmm. So I did notice that. And that was something that stuck with me because I actually lived briefly uh, when I was in college uh, in between uh, summers with that uncle. And he was a very happy person, him and my aunt, uh, but they definitely didn't, um, you could see how they were much more conservative with their money. And I think they didn't enjoy their retirement as much as they probably could have had they taken those chances when they were younger. And it's interesting because you bring up this idea of being conservative with your money, mm -hmm. uh, being okay and patient with a slow build in your yeah. career and the consistency being key to building the financial wealth as opposed to looking for it to 10x your money in a day. But I do hear notes of your parents taking risks and you yeah. also taking some risks. Um, and then comparing to other people that you've seen haven't taken as much risk. Yeah. So there is there is a lot of variance I'm seeing yeah. between risk and risky. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've done risky and that didn't usually work out uh, <laughs> when I was younger. And I also didn't take one or two uh, different forks in the road that I think may have led me down a much, potentially much, you know, much better path, I'll say, a mm. much more lucrative path. Uh, I took the more conservative approach, and I think it held me back, looking back, you know, and uh, with, a, with a, a firm, you know, back in, the, some people might remember Lehman Brothers, and they, they collapsed, but uh, years before that, I was, I was essentially offered a position, you know, in, in, in their company, and it could have taken me a much different path, and um, it was an opportunity that I kind of kicked myself for for a long time. Uh, but at the same time, I was happy with where I was. I, mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't like I was unhappy. It wasn't like I wasn't doing well. I just, um, it was a, it was a probably a chance I should have taken looking back. So you're always going to have those. So there's yeah. always those hindsight. One, yeah, in hindsight's 2020. And so, um, you know, I look back and, and I, I, I tell my kids those stories. I tell them maybe not specifics, but I tell them about things I should have taken. And and, I, and then when they ask me, and they will ask me, you know, what about this? I'm like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. And I, I give them the reasons why I, I think. And I, you make that choice. But I said, I want to tell you why I think it might be a bad idea. Mm. And why, what I'm seeing, my son's in his first job and uh, he's, he's, he's looking, you know, another company is, is looking to hire him. And, um, you know, then the first company wants to counter. And I'm like, you know, let's, let's talk about that first. And, you know, don't just go look at the money. And he's not. He's also saying, you know, well, I can get more licenses in engineering for this and that. And I said, yeah, that's the stuff, you know, you're only 22 years old. I said, you have a long way to go. So you can very quickly grow your career without having to make a decision on which one is the best just on a couple thousand dollars or whatever it might be in difference in salary. It sounds like you're creating an environment where you're exposing your children to risk, yeah. to also being conservative, to a severe footing in savings, yeah. um, and then a clear identity in wants and needs. Yeah, it's it's a fine line, right? I mean, you, you know, you, you want... You want them to be happy. You want them to be careful with their money. You don't want to see them broke because then uh, I don't want them asking to live in my basement. So, uh, <laughs> you know, at some point I want, I want, I, I know they're not in that direction, but I also want to help them. And I, if I can, if it's going to, Hey, if I have an extra room, I want you to save that money so you can eventually invest. Mm -hmm. I want you to get, everyone needs someone who, you know, can be a family member, can be a friend. You need that step up and that help uh, at times, I think, to get to the next level. 
um, I had it. I had my parents saying, no, don't go get your own place. That's, you know, after college, you know, don't live with your friends. It's going to cost way too much money. Just stay for a little while. And they were very big on that. Even if it wasn't what you wanted or you didn't feel comfortable, you really wanted to get out of your parents' house and all that. Um, and they were right, looking back. They were right. There was no way I was making anywhere near enough money to live that life. It would have been just living, you know, uh, paycheck to paycheck. Well, I love what I'm hearing uh, because it's so common for financial services to get so focused on communicating financial concepts that we yeah. forget to lace in the fact that we need to be happy in life. Yeah. So I think that that is a very valuable point that you made and how you just integrate that in your conversations with your kids. And I think that I can see very clearly how it came down from your parents. Yeah. Yeah. I so appreciate your insight and perspective. Thank you for being Thank here you. today. Thank you.